Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, August 10th. It's five, four minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find us both on Twitter. He's at Rob M. Kendall. I'm at Casey Daniels 317. And right now we're both on YouTube. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So Donald Trump's problems with women, well, they're well known. They've been documented, right? Jeannie Carroll, the Stormy Daniels, grab them by the haha, everything. But according to Daily Mail, it is MAGA women who are behind his huge primary lead. Yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, and again, look, I just throw this into the whole hopper of one thing now. I, I totally missed, miss, missed, misread, hmm. <laughs> misread. <laughs> I had a Biden moment there, Casey. I totally misread across the board the way people would respond to Trump given DeSantis as the option. And mm-hmm. the number one area where I've missed that is with women. Now, look, a Republican, conservative Republican female primary voter is different than a general female, well, general election female voter. But at least amongst Republican women, mm-hmm. It ain't even close. Yeah, no, it's completely being dominated by Trump. Uh, he he is leading handedly in Iowa, New Hampshire, Arizona, battleground states, a double digit over DeSantis. And this is specifically among women. So this is what's so wild and wacky, Casey, is in Iowa, for example, mm-hmm. DeSantis actually leads Trump among men. Now, again, this is just one poll. And so you got to you know, take it all with a, a, a grain of salt and don't, you know, it's a snapshot of a moment in time, blah, blah, blah. We always give the precursor to that. But amongst men, DeSantis is actually leading 42 to 36 mm-hmm. percent. However, amongst women, yep. Trump has a 13 point lead. And that is the that is the overwhelming difference in Arizona. It's huge. It's a 30 point lead uh, amongst women, four points for men. Mm-hmm. In New Hampshire, Trump's up nine with men, 26 with women. What I I am I'm blown away by this because I thought women would look at DeSantis, they would look at DeSantis's family, they would look at DeSantis's wife, they would look at DeSantis's kids and they would say, "Hey, that kind of reflects the tone and tenor of what women typically if you look at polling kind of see public office holders or um the perception or the temperament or whatever word we want to use here of what it should be but clearly amongst republican primary voters it's the opposite it's trump it's trump all the way i've got a few theories on this oh very good and i think it comes down to two things safety and security Women right now feel like they can't uh, walk to their car at night. They can't go to a bathroom. They can't even play sports. They don't feel safe. And with someone like Donald Trump, who is saying, 
I'm going to build that wall. I tried to build that wall. He brings that sense of safety. And then there's the security. You know, wages aren't lasting. Inflation is up. Mortgage uh, rates are up. And Donald Trump is saying, I'm going to do something with the economy. Drill, baby, drill. Women want homes and they want to feel safe in their homes. And and, And Donald Trump is giving them that. Ron DeSantis, he's saying all of those things. But he also comes across as somewhat of a troublemaker because he's fighting Disney. Well, women, I guess the ideology aside, women, they want to be able to like Disney. So DeSantis is picking this fight with this corporation that isn't hurting women's physical safety. So JL Partners, uh, and they are a known polling firm. This is not my you know, Uncle Rico, who did the poll. So take that for whatever you want. They're a known polling entity, did this poll. Nationally, Trump, and I thought this was really interesting. In April, when they did this poll, Trump was at 53. He's now at 50. But DeSantis is unchanged nationally at 33. He was at 33 in in April. Um, So Trump has lost a little bit of steam, but you think about since April, so April, May, June, July, that's basically four months of all these people getting in, Tim Scott, Christie, Pence, all these people throwing everything at him. He's only lost three points. Mm -hmm. If you ain't left him by now. You're not gonna. And the fact that DeSantis hasn't gained. Right. What what would make you, DeSantis again, clearly the second choice, what what's going to change I- anything at this point? What what I mean? What could I would be fascinated to know? What could maybe that'd be a good question for our hotline three one seven six eight four eight four 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 three one seven six eight four eight four four four. What could make you if you are a Republican primary voter and you're saying, hey, I'm you know I'm for Trump or I'm for DeSantis. What could make you change your mind either way? from that person. I think that might be an interesting thing to take calls on 317-684-8444. I I just, I think that when it comes down to these women now, Trump not doing as well with suburban women. Um, These are more rural women who are supporting him, but I really feel like with these indictments, it's, it's baked in and you're okay with it because Donald Trump is going to give you that feeling of safety and security. Like, you almost know he's 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 full of it, but you're accepting that he's full of it. Yeah, here here's the problem with what you're talking you about, though. Trust it. Suburban women. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, obviously operating from a standpoint that the election is on the up and up, but suburban women play a huge role in the election. Mm-hmm. And we see this every year where, you know, Republicans in statewide elections across this country, overwhelming leads as these early you know, votes come in from rural areas. They're, you know, winning 80% of the vote or whatever. And then you get to the suburbs and obviously they're not going to win the inner city regardless, but you get to these suburbs and then it starts changing. And the fact that Trump is not doing well with them should continue to be a giant red flag for people because he must figure out a way to win over these suburban women who simply do not like him. Yeah. The, uh, thing that's shocking me is this other poll that came out that says DeSantis is tied with Chris Christie at 9% in New Hampshire. Chris Christie focusing all of his efforts in one state. Does he not realize there's 49 other ones he's got to pay attention to? Well, you see this quite a bit in presidential primaries where somebody will have data tangible data that shows you're very strong in this state because of the makeup of the state 
And if you just spend all your time in that state, then when Chris Christie gets zero votes in Iowa, he can go, well, I wasn't even trying. So it doesn't really, it doesn't hurt you. Like if, if DeSantis does terribly in Iowa, it's basically over for him because he staked a lot of time and effort and whatever there. But if you're Christie, you're going to get zero votes anyway. Don't even waste your time. Just go, I wasn't even playing there. I'm playing mm-hmm. in, in, mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. You live He's not. He's not going to win. He's not going to win New Hampshire. He's not going to win anything. But you live to blow, be a blowhard for another day because people will continue to interview you, whatever, because you say, well, I didn't even try there. I'm, I banked everything on New Hampshire. I love you people. And it gives you another week to be on television, whatever. However, it is very concerning that DeSantis... <laughs> doing so poorly yeah he is trump has a nearly 40 point lead by the way over both of them and if you're a uh, producer or an executive at a tv station yeah put chris christie on because he makes the headlines when he makes fun of trump yeah uh but but, he's got the good soundbite but here's the deal we're gonna get basically an entire week because i think if it holds true right now DeSantis will probably be done after iowa and christie may be the last guy standing because everybody else may be done after iowa we get a whole week of trump making fun of chris christie and that might be uh that might be great all right casey mm-hmm. let's take a break we did a story yesterday about um uh, americans at an alarming rate beginning to pull money out of their 401k to pay their bills yeah and uh, reached out to our buddy, our old pal, Bill Demery. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, this seems like something that might be up your alley because you handle investments for people and you help them in their retirement. And uh, he said, absolutely, I'll come in. We'll talk about why this is happening, what people can do, what some of the options are. Great. So when we come back, we'll, we'll try to make sense of this. Okay, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 16 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the number of people who made a hardship withdrawal from their 401ks has surged, increased 36%. That's a whole lot of people who are struggling. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Yes, we did this story yesterday. CBS had it about the amount of people who are paying their bills based on their 401k, which means they're not making enough money or their spending habits are are making it so that they can't get it done with what they've got week to week. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was an interesting story. I said, there's got it. Let's do a deeper dive on this because it's clearly affecting people over the country. It's affecting people on our radio show. And luckily we got a guy. We got a guy. And he's one of the best in all the land. Of course, you know him. He does advertise on this radio show. The great, great Bill Demery. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. You always look so happy. I've never seen somebody as happy as you. And I gather that's because you make other people happy. I'm just an internal optimist. Yeah, you are. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about this. First of all, should we be concerned that people are dipping into their 401ks to pay these necessities and why? Yeah, the 401k is not where we should be dipping. And the reason being is if we're under age 59 and a half, in order to dip, we have to pay a 10% penalty oh, wow. to the IRS. And then... 
at taxes on top of that. So, we don't want to uh, uh, use the uh, 401ks for anything other than retirement. Yeah. So, they were talking about these hardships, and some of these things, I guess, get exemptions from the government. Can you go into that? Because they had a list of things that they'll exempt, but the IRS is usually not very forgiving. I'm going to guess there's quite a few hurdles to go through to avoid to, to get those exemptions. Don't want to avoid your question, but I want you and your listeners to know that the government isn't our friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, Bill, have you heard our show? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'll give you an ex- example. Back in the 70s, okay, when 401ks and IRAs were introduced, here's the way it was sold to us. We're going to establish a retirement plan for you uh, to coincide with what you're going to be receiving with Social Security, and we're going to make it tax deductible, and we're going to let all this grow on a tax-deferred basis. Then when you get into retirement, that's when we'll ask for our taxes. Yeah. Okay. Well, in reality, what has happened is we lost our biggest deduction in retirement because most of us have our houses paid off, so we can't deduct any mortgage interest. Our kids have moved out of the house, and so there's no deductions. So, in reality, we pay more or just as much in retirement as we did during our working years. And so, what the government did was they gave us the tax break on the seed. Now, they're getting the taxes on the crop. And when you really need it in the end, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Bill Demery's our guest. We're talking about this CBS story that said more people are pulling their money out of uh, out of their 401ks to pay bills. And uh, Bill, I want to get into taxes and retirement in just a, a second, but is this a spending problem? I mean, you handle people's money every day. You have people who call you and say, hey, you know, you see all sorts of different people from different financial backgrounds. Is this a spending problem with people or is this, hey, the government through inflation has made everything so expensive. That's why people are having this issue. Or is it both? Fortunately, Rob, I'm seeing the cream of the crop because I'm seeing people that have been diligent in their savings. And so, there isn't a spending problem. What they're concerned is income. And cash is not king anymore. Income is king because we're so concerned about running out of money before we run out of life. But it is a problem with the younger generation thinking that that is there and available for all kinds of purposes, buying cars, paying off mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. And this is a big mistake because, again, as I related earlier, 10% penalty for people that are under age 59 and a half, and then they have to pay the taxes. Not only a 10% uh, penalty, but they can't contribute again for six months. So, like, if they do get back on track, they can't start putting that money back in for six months later. Yeah, that's you know that's the government, and again, and you guys know this all too well. Is anytime the government gets in your business, they screw it up. <laughs> no way, Bill. You don't say. <laughs> you know, it's interesting too, and this is why you know we love having you on, and obviously you advertise on the show. But uh, yeah. you know, when we first met, we were shooting the breeze, and I said, you know. I'd kind of had a way of saving money, and I've been real diligent about Stuffing that. Stuffing it in the mattress. Well, you know, I've been pretty thrifty in my life, Casey. But that, I said, you know, until I met somebody like Bill, it was like, you think you're doing it right, but then there's all these different things. They make the tax code so complex that even when you think you're doing it right, I was telling some Bill some of the things that I were doing, I was doing that on paper makes made sense to me. But then he goes, but did you think about A, B, and C? Mm-hmm. And they've kind of rigged the system where without somebody like you, and there's obviously others who do what you do too, you're just totally lost. And that's 
that's not fair to people. Right, right. I listened to your uh, uh, segment uh, coming up uh, from Greenfield this morning, and one of the things uh, that you said was, uh, not only do you entertain, but you also educate. And I feel like that's what I do with my clients, is I educate them on some things that they never even considered. And so, what I've developed, Rob and Casey, is I developed a, uh, I call it a white paper, and it's called the Three Tax Traps. Oh! And it talks about uh, uh, putting too much of your funds into these IRAs and 401ks. That's number one. Number two is not realizing that Social Security can become taxable in certain cases. And then finally, uh, not realizing what's going to happen in the future as far as taxes. And we hit upon this uh, a while back. We're now $32 trillion in debt in this country. We've heard that. Underfunded Medicare, Social Security programs. Where do you think the taxes are going to go. Yeah, they're not going to just stop giving out the benefit. And we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. where this is the crazy thing where, well, you know, Social Security is going bankrupt. Medicare is underfunded. It's heading towards insolvency, too. They're not just going to stop doing it. Oh, we ran out of money. Well, I guess we're done here. They're going to take it from they're going to find a new revenue source. They've kicked the can down the road as much as they possibly can, and somebody's going to have to pay the piper. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be my generation as much as yours and, and Casey. Okay, I think you guys are going to have to pay. Right now, for example, the highest tax rate for a married couple is 37%. Yeah. Okay. Now, when Trump was in office, and say what you will about Trump, uh, he did do a good thing as far as the taxes. He put through a tax bill that actually reduced our taxes. However, it has a sunset provision. Most people don't know this. But January 1st, 2026, they're going to revert back to where they were in 2017. And they were much higher. Now, (laughs) when they do that, and Congress doesn't have to do a daggone thing, it just automatically happens. But I think they're going to have a hard look at this. And your 25% tax bracket is going to become 50 Mm. Okay, and it's not wait, just going to be for rich people. Yeah. Can you say that again? Twenty twenty six. Hello. What, yeah. what was the what bra- tax brackets going to fifty? What do you think? What did you say? I'm saying that the taxes, for instance, the highest tax bracket yeah. in 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 uh, nineteen seventy uh, or nineteen seventy nine. Anyway, the highest tax bracket was 39.6. Yeah. Okay, now they reduced that to 37. Yeah. It'll go back to 39.6. Yeah. But I think they're going to take a hard look at it, and they're going to look at not only the uh, so-called rich people making yeah. over 400000 but it's going to be taxes across the board. And so, you're going to see double in taxes. Uh, they're not going to reduce the benefits, okay? Yeah. Once they get an entitlement program in, it's in to stay. Yeah. Okay? B- Bill Dimery is our guest, by the way. We're talking a little bit about the economy, about retirement, about savings. I mean, of course, that CBS article yesterday saying that more people are dipping into their 401ks to to pay the bills. And I think you hit on the correct thing, Bill, which is there is no will politically to do the right thing, which is to take a look at even reforming these entitlements, much less, you know, hey, does this person need it? Does that person need it? We can't even get them to have a conversation about hey, maybe you do need to wait an extra year or two before getting Social Security, or maybe we do need to have you know means testing for this or that. We can't even get that conversation going. Exactly. And this is what the, uh, I found, too, is a lot of people, requ- uh, they rely on their tax accountants, their CPAs, mm-hmm. you know, but actually... 
and no disrespect to them, but really they're just bean counters because you give them the information yeah. and they tell you how much taxes you got to pay. You need to uh, get with someone like myself that goes into tax planning. Yeah. Because the greatest risk today, Rob and Casey, is we're living too long. It's a longevity risk. But on top of that, it it, it compiles inflation, healthcare costs, uh, volatility of the market, taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And so, if you don't become educated in these, you're going to pay a lot more than what you need to. I have a question for you. So, the U.S. household credit card debt surpassed the $1 trillion mark, first time ever. So, more people are putting uh, things on the credit card, kicking the can down the road. But if you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet at this point, which is the greater sin? Taking the uh, emergency withdrawal from your 401k and paying that 10% fine or putting it on your credit card and paying the interest rate, whatever you have there? Well, Casey, we all have to do what we need to do. And the way I look at it is, what are the options and what is best in my circumstance? Okay. Uh, it's just hard, hard to pinpoint. But here's the thing. I have people coming to me that are younger and they're wanting to invest, but yet they've got this credit card debt mm-hmm. that's 21, 22%. Well, my recommendation is pay that credit card off, okay? Before you talk about uh, investing your money, because if you invest your money in something that is safe and secure, uh, you're looking at six, seven, maybe 8%. So, why invest in that when you have a 21% credit card debt? Pay your debt off. Yeah, and before we let you go, I think this is the most interesting thing. And again, you know, obviously, full disclosure, everybody knows you advertise on this show. But guys like you, I think, are more necessary than ever before. When my grandparents and I learned from them, they were super frugal, they were super thrifty, they put their money away, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, they had a good life. Mm-hmm. They weren't you know, in the market mm-hmm. or whatever. They just made good choices. Mm-hmm. I look at my generation, and when I went to see you the first time, I said, man, I should have been doing this 20 years ago, mm-hmm. because you're looking at this going, well, you lived the right life, but you didn't live the most effective life inside the rigged system that we mm-hmm. we kind of play. Mm-hmm. And you said, well, just be glad you didn't wait another 20 years, because a lot of people mm-hmm. do that. Really, regardless of age, you need to get started on planning something, whatever age you are, because the longer you wait the more it keeps you kind of behind the eight ball in terms of getting ahead of the game because the politicians will always be ahead of you. Right, right. And my kids, Rob, when they were younger, and I said uh, to them, uh, Dad just doesn't have the money. And their comment was, well, Dad, just use your credit card. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't realize there were going to be a payback for that. The great Bill Demery, we love you. Thank you for your longtime support of this show. And, uh, man, we appreciate you. You are one of the best in the business. Thank of you, my course, friend. Of course, you can reach Bill Demery at 317-932-9912. That number, 317-932-9912. Bill Demery, your retirement guy right here in Indy. Thanks, Thank Bill. You. You're Thanks, listening guys. to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Well, I got a job and I put my money in. Good morning. It is 1134. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. That's Rob Kendall. So I was out for a few days uh, taking care of somebody who needs some care taken. And I wanted to review while I was gone, Rob, I got a question for you. Did anybody find out where Joe Hogsett was during the riots? Oh, my gosh, Casey. So this was yesterday, or I guess <laughs> today, this morning, a random, confused, likely accidental act of journalism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Broke out over at uh, Indy Star, 
are. Yeah. Colin Chang is the reporter's name over there. And sh- they did a, uh, a question and answer with Hogset, Boss Hogset, and Shreve, and they printed the answer. So it was just, I ask you a question, you give me the answer. It's not an article, it's just a QA. Mm-hmm. And finally, it only took three and a half years. But finally, somebody, and this lady deserves all sorts of, uh, Colin Chang, I believe is her name, deserves all sorts of, you know, a hat tip that three and a half years later, someone in Indianapolis media finally asked the mayor of Indianapolis where he was during the riots. So let me read. There's two. He's so full of crap, Casey. (laughs) And I'm going to read you his answer Mm -hmm. or part of his answer because it's too long and bloviating to read the whole thing. But I'm going to read you the question, and then I'm going to read you his answer, and you see if he actually answered the question and tells you where he was during the riots. Okay. okay? All right. It. Question. Many people have asked where you were during the 2020 racial justice protest. She doesn't use the word riots. We'll use the words riots sure. here during the riots. It's a line of questioning that's come up a lot, especially from Republican voters and politicos. No, it's come up from almost everyone who's not a hardcore lunatic Democrat, implying you weren't there. He wasn't there. Why? <laughs> Again, these are my comments. Mm-hmm. You're interjecting in. Uh, so, I mean, we're giving her credit, but the, the question, the way she says the question is complete partisan bullcrap, but at least she asked. Why do you think it is this something, why you think this is something that people keep bringing up? Answer, look, I know there have been questions that have come up, <laughs> but I can assure you that on this entire weekend, and I can give you the hook, line, and sinker of press conferences that I held throughout the course of that weekend trying to address unfortunate circumstances that occurred in Indianapolis on Friday and Saturday that was ref- that was fortunately resolved by Sunday. He goes on to a bunch of bullcrap. Suffice it to say that people may not be aware of what I was doing. No kidding. I think that for many, it's understandable to find what occurred in Indianapolis and across the country difficult to explain. That's exactly why I asked for an independent review of the city's actions just weeks after the civil unrest. You did not answer the question! Casey, Casey. Ask me, ask me what I did last night. Where was I last night? <laughs> what did you do last night? Where well, were you? Well, Casey, I was at home last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got home, uh, you know, about one o'clock. Uh, I proceeded to uh, uh, watch my daughter for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I uh, then worked out my while my wife uh, watched uh, our daughter. Mm-hmm. I uh, then put the show template together mm-hmm. uh, for tomorrow. Uh, my wife and I then spent some time in the living room with uh, our daughter, and then we went to bed shortly after 10 o'clock. Mm. Are you putting that- together an independent review of your actions? <laughs> he will not answer the question, and she just let it go. Now she gets, No follow-up. She gets total credit for, an- for asking the question, but how do you just let that go? He will not answer where he, he being Joe Hogsett, was during the riots because everybody knows where he was. Suffice it to say that people may not be aware of what I was doing. Correct. That's why you were asked. <laughs> That's exactly why you were asked where you were during the 2020 racial justice protest. Remember, there's an episode of Family Guy where Peter Griffin is running for school board and he famously goes, you take the good, you take the bad, you take the rest. And there you have my opening statement. Mm -hmm. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. That is the real life version of that. He said absolutely nothing because everybody knows where he was during the riots. And for some reason, the doofus goofball running against him on the Republican side would Mm -hmm. rather 
rather rather waste Jefferson Shreve his infinite money on television ads attempting to go at uh, law-abiding gun owners rather than running ads that everybody wants, which is calling out Joe Hogsett for where he was during the riots. Hogsett is going to have an independent review of the actions that happened because he doesn't know because he wasn't here. By the way, Jefferson Shreve sent me a note. Oh, It said, Casey, thanks for having me back on the show the other day. Um, I get that I'm not your perfect candidate, but I do appreciate you giving me the opportunity to jump back in with your listeners. <laughs> P.S. I promise to do a better job than Hogsett. Oh, based on, you mean a better job at what? Going at law-abiding gun owners? Trying to pass things at the state? Maybe Jefferson Shreve is saying no at least he'll be here. Uh, this is unbelievable. For, again, it took three and a half years for an accredited member of the media mm-hmm. to ask the mayor of Indianapolis because he, while he finally popped his head out of the shadows, I believe on Saturday, he was nowhere to be found Friday night. He was, by the way, Casey, why don't we, people say, well, Rob, of course you know where you were yesterday. That was a long time ago. Casey, would you like to ask me where I was during the first night of the riots? Where were you that Friday, 2020? Well, uh, Friday, I was downtown with my girlfriend at the time, my then wife. We were actually at Brothers, uh, just down the street from us. We were here until I would say probably about nine o'clock, at which time I started observing, I guess what we will call very suspect clientele walking past mm-hmm. uh, later became some of the upstanding local citizens who were involved in burning our city to the ground is my understanding and i told my girlfriend uh, at the time now wife that we had to go she was actually in the middle of eating and was very upset that i didn't allow her to finish her meal uh, as we were walking back towards the greater downtown circle area uh heard multiple people in and around us who were also walking towards the circle talking about how they need Needed to at all cost avoid the cops because of things they had on their person. Mm. At which point we went into the parking garage here in uh, downtown where we park our cars uh, and we fled the greater downtown area. We went back to our house and began to watch on television and on the WIBC radio airwaves as the city was burned to the ground. I stayed up the remainder of the evening, uh, began texting with uh, Hammer and Nigel, as I recall, about the things that were happening, and stayed up throughout the remainder of the the night. That's where I was during the riots. Why is it that you know where I was during the riots and not the mayor of the city of Indianapolis? Are you talking about the, quote, unfortunate circumstances (laughs) that occurred in Indianapolis? That's what he's calling them. Oh, my goodness. This is so... I mean, it's almost more pathetic, the answer he... He gave, he's probably shocked he got asked. I mean, if you got away with something for three and a half years, mm-hmm. he's probably shocked that he actually got asked. And again, if you're just tuning in, this was the answer Joe Hogsett gave when asked, where were you during the riots of 2020? Quote, look, I know that there have been questions that have come up. Yes, idiot. That's why she asked, because no one knows where you are. But I can assure you that on the entire weekend, and I can give you the hook, line, and sinker of press conferences that I held throughout the course of that weekend, not asking about that, asking where you were during the first night of the riots when no one knows where you were, trying to address the unfortunate circumstances that occurred in Indianapolis. Oh, you mean when a bunch of lunatics burned downtown to the ground because you couldn't be found, and one of your staffers said, quote, let them march after the police had, had it under control. 
That's the unfortunate circumstances we're talking about on Friday and Saturday that were fortunately resolved by Sunday. Quote, suffice it to say, people may not be aware of what I was doing. Again, idiot. That's why we asked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's going to have an independent review. Uh, They say that you really have a good memory if you can remember what you had for dinner the night before. What did you eat last oh, night for dinner? Uh, last, oh, uh, last night I had a, uh, what is it, Totino, uh, the little party pizzas. I forget what the name is. They're like a $1.75. Totino's? Totino's. That yeah. must be, the, they're the little square ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to be a dollar, and thanks to Biden, they're now right. $1.75. Yeah. Okay, good. And and, uh, and uh, had some ice cream for dessert, so. Your memory is intact. But good Casey, job. isn't it pathetic that I can tell you three and a half years mm-hmm. later where I was mm-hmm. during the riots, and I'm just a guy on the radio, but the mayor of Indianapolis cannot and will not, he could tell you, he won't tell you where he was during the riots. And the most pathetic part of this is the guy running against him who has infinite money to be able to run ads telling everybody where this guy where this guy was during the riots has instead chosen to use his fortune condemning law-abiding gun owners. Mm-hmm. And he won't ask the question either. <laughs> and... The Indy Star reporter who asked that question, I mean, good. Finally, somebody but how asked. But did not follow but up? But then didn't follow up. Sir, you have said absolutely that nothing. That was a non answer. Again, tell us where you were. Yeah, that was a total non answer. Oh, gosh, Casey. So frustrated. We were so close to getting an answer. I know. You just want to have just like five minutes with Hogsett to ask and him. And by so close, I mean we weren't close at all. Mm-hmm. So Vivek Ramaswamy, he is going to sign a promise note to back whichever candidate oh, wins the nomination. Sure. They're preparing for the big debate. Who do we have now in the debates so far? Trump is uh, debating on whether he's going to participate or not. Um, should he do that? Uh, God, politically, just... no. Personally, yes. You've got Trump. You've got DeSantis. You've got Pence. You've got uh, Ramaswamy. You've got Tim Scott. You've Nikki got Nikki Haley. Haley, Christie, and Burgum. Yeah. So if Trump participates, I got him all right. Isn't that impressive? Like yeah, the you top did. Of my head. yeah, you did. You did. So it would it would be like his to lose, right? Like yeah. Trump, if he shows up, I think with Pence up there though, they'll just be part of him that won't be able to help himself. He's got to get up there. All right, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I get off of this mountain, you know where I want to go. It's 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. Thank you so much for listening today. Before we get out of here, Rob, there's this new study that oh. came out. Kidulting. Have you ever heard of this phrase? It's called a what? Kidulting. Nope, never heard of it. Okay. If given the opportunity, 67% of Gen Z and millennials, which is you, uh-huh. would try and buy a replica of something from their childhood. Oh, that's interesting. Well, yes, you know I'm nostalgic about a bowel movement, Casey. So, uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I totally would do that and have done that. Would you pay big money for something?
something from your childhood? Well, look, I, I have most. Casey, you should know this, and it should be no surprise. I have almost everything from my childhood, uh, and you wouldn't pay big money for anything. Well, I, look, I, you know, I live in the house that's right next to the house I grew up in. I helped run the town that I grew up in. I can have photographic memories of things from my youth. So, yeah, I hang on to just about everything. Okay, fifty-four percent say they either often or always buy things they could never have had as children, like video games or clothes or snack food. So, like, you know, you go to the grocery store and you. Want to go down the candy aisle uh-huh. and mom is sure. like no sorry 54 percent of people saying they're buying food that they couldn't have as a kid well it's a, it's also fascinating to me because of all the things i have as a kid like mm-hmm. there are and you know this because your man is into collectibles all the stuff i have it's all out of the package i know i yeah. own almost nothing that's you ruined wor- it i own almost <laughs> nothing that's worth anything whatsoever mm-hmm. and which is you can clearly tell that by the way i dress in my general public appearance but the value of the stuff, right? It it is um it's not the monetary value of it. It's uh, it's the sentimental value mm-hmm. of it. And it's not anything you could ever, oh my gosh, I've uh, obtained this and I will now make a fortune on the open market. And I think so many people are that way. There's just random things because of a, a memory of a place and time or a whatever that um, you look at and it holds immense value to you. So do you ever find that you'll buy clothing that you weren't allowed to wear as a child? I think maybe this applies more for women. What do you what, like? What, what are you like saying? Risque. The mom and dad would say, "No, no, no. Too much skin is showing there." But now, as an adult, women might. Well, you know, I'm going to show a little shoulder. Uh, no, I did that one time, and that was when I was 19 years old. I got my ears pierced. Oh yes, see exactly. You weren't allowed to do that as a child. But I was also 19. I was not almost 40 as I am today. <laughs> I pretty much moved past trying to get even with my parents for my perceived crummy childhood. Uh-huh. Are you? Uh, are you a video gamer? Do you? You don't play video games. <laughs> well, no. I have, so I do. A, I have an original Nintendo, like the old school blow do in the really? disc, which I play. That is the only gaming type of system that I have, uh-huh. and that is it. So you wouldn't spend your money now to buy a video game you weren't allowed to have when you were younger. Casey, have you met me? I won't spend my money on anything, <laughs> much less video games. A lot of people doing that. All right, one more thing that I wanted to, to discuss before we get out of here. I'm not sure if you guys talked about this while I was gone, so let's just review. Um, one, I have some questions for you okay oh, great uh mike pence yes he qualified for the debate stage yes, is that he, correct he, he finally begged enough people to give him one dollar and as of right now asa hutchinson not qualified yeah i know that's correct? really that's really breaking your heart that big a's asa didn't uh didn't he's not making it casey okay i think i think there's eight and i think that field is probably pretty much set at this okay point. um also did you guys talk about the cocaine that was found in the white house oh uh, we did and uh, well not not an update where there's apparently this report out now that and it look i know the new york post ran it but i have not seen a conf- confirmation on this that that definitively happened and that being apparently there was a, a report that it is someone from inside the Biden orbit that, yeah. they, that they are aware the cocaine came from. Okay, so you, okay, and they, they're saying that the president allegedly knows, according to this article, yes. that the president knows who it is in his family. But the case of this shouldn't be any surprise to anyone. I mean, we shouldn't need a report that says this because it's the freaking White House. Mm-hmm. Are we led to believe that the White House is so inept when it comes to security that just randos can mosey around the White House, get right <laughs> next to where the president conducts official business with a bag of cocaine? Yeah, it's got to be someone on the inner circle. I mean, so. that would be even worse than it being someone in the inner circle is that randos can waltz 
bolt into the White House, go right near where the president conducts official business with a bag of cocaine and just leave it there. And there's so little security precautions that we can't tell you who it was. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all know who what it was. What would be worse? <laughs> By the way, did you get your Taylor Swift promo code? Oh my gosh. Uh, no. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Did you? Uh, well, Casey, would you like? Are to you take so a excited? No. I know you're so excited to go. Okay, so this is this becomes my general question, though, and and you were not you were not here, correct? I know you've been you've been gone for so long. I think Bush was president when you last did a broadcast it's here. It's true. Uh, we did not discuss. Oh, we, so when you're when uh, you were gone, uh-huh. uh, you were tending to a, an immediate family member. Yeah, I did come see you. Yes, and we were discussing this with you and the immediate family member, which was you have to buy these tickets almost a year and a half yeah. in advance. Are you still going to want to go see it? And is the tour going to be good, or is Taylor going to be so burnt out by the time she gets to Indy? Well, b- she going to phone it in? The bigger issue for me, because that show's going to be complete crap anyway, because it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm kidding! Don't sick your teenage daughters on me. Uh, you have to give the money up now yeah. for something you don't cash in on until November you gotta want it. of next year. Right. That's a long time for them to have your money. Yeah. And, and, then, what, what, and then what if it happens is like Elton John yes. where he ends up canceling it and yes. then you gotta wait even more years. Yes. Oh. No, I mean, look. Okay, so she's doing three nights in Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they'll have this venue set up. Maybe people know by now how many people it'll actually hold. Let's say it's... 50,000 people, because the Colts can hold more than 60,000. So let's say the stage can't be bigger than a Colts game, but let's just, for the sake of argument, say it's 50,000 people. So that's 150,000 tickets. There can't be 150,000 people who are so rabidly wanting to see Taylor Swift that the day of or the the day of the concert you couldn't waltz down there and get a ticket. Mm-hmm. It may not be the front row. It may not be But you'll be in the house. But be in the house for a reasonable price, more reasonable than the face value of the ticket. Yeah. If you wait till twenty minutes uh, before showtime, the uh day of the last show, you're not telling me you couldn't get a decent price on a ticket. Okay, well, I may be incorrect on this, so don't yell at me if I am, yeah. but I think tomorrow is when the next lottery happens, oh. or the next code, or whatever it is, yeah. so I'll be trying to get that while we're on the Are air. you seriously going to try to get tickets? Well, yeah, I'm going to try. Do you hate men that much? Like, that you need some sort of 50,000 woman reinforcement? I think I would feel really lucky if I, like, got a code. I'd be like, I did it! I got the code! I, 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 look, I... Of no choice of my own, but I have seen her on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. Casey. I know, it brings back horrible your, your, memories. Your life for you. will be fine regardless <laughs> whether you get the code or not. Yeah. It's the same thing. She's going to. She's going to get up on stage, and there's going to be a lot of lights and a lot of glitz she and a lot of totally glamour. She's going to change the economic trajectory of Indianapolis she's when she brings her tour to town. Got to get up on that little riser, mm-hmm. and she's going to tell you about how wonderful your life is Feeling and how special 22. you are. and how. Uh, are you doing that because your daughter just turned 22? By the way, happy belated birthday to your daughter. Yeah. Are you doing that just because your daughter has now turned 22, and that's why you feel mm-hmm. some sense of obligation? Yeah, and we to- put, the, put the 2-2 candle on her nothing bunt cake birthday. Birthday cake. And, now, when you and we sang a really abbreviated version of "Happy Birthday" and then started playing Taylor Swift. Twenty-two. When you get these tickets, are you going <laughs> to hand them to her and go, "Now, who's your favorite parent?" <laughs> yes. Uh, who's going with you, uh, mommy time, or 
daddy. It's time for us to get the heck out of here. Yeah. Casey, take us home. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.